Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene. We are also part of Ampire Media. That's AmpireMedia.com. I'm Wole, and I'm your host. Our other co-hosts, Will and Ray, are out. Yeah, I'm here solo, but we're going to do the darn thing. First off, man, I want to say this. Fuck HBO for canceling Winning Time. That was my show. Magic was holding it down. And yeah, the, Matt was, well, the Magic character was holding it down. And you all decided to cut it out. I mean, you had Jerry West. Magic Johnson, Pat Riley, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, all those characters were funny. Those young actors were amazing. And you decided to cut the show off. Fuck you, HBO. All right. I got that all in my system. Now let's get into, get into the particulars. I mentioned Empire, I mean Empire, I mentioned Empire Media. Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders Insider John Kime. And Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search The Urban Sports Scene. Hey, make sure you subscribe to The Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Hit the red subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube right now. Also, like this video. Uh, this show can be found on the Podcast DC app, the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. Hey, do not forget to, to do not forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. I don't know if you want to, should I say tweet or repost or post on X because it's not really, I don't know, Twitter's not a thing anymore. I don't know. Anyway, hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group uh, search urban sports scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Check out our weekly NFL picks on the Football Garbage Time website. Just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. It's part of the urban sports scene, Football Garbage Time NFL Pick'em Challenge. We'll see what normally say this, but I'll say it for him. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on chat. I'll chat with Seawall Sports and Entertainment's Candy Waller about the Commanders' comeback victory over the Denver Broncos and their upcoming game against the Dem against the Buffalo Bills. Candy is also president of Bowie TV. Then at 8:30, Double Take Sports CEO and Washington Mystics reporter Karita Parks will join me to talk about the Mystics' uh, playoff uh, being eliminated from the playoffs. They lost to the, uh, the New York Liberty last night. Then finally, my Orioles are going to the postseason. Round of applause for my Orioles. Round of applause. Connor Newcomb, host of Locked on Orioles podcast, will join me to discuss this as well. 
Uh, we're waiting on we're waiting on Candy. I think she's running a little late, but yeah, I'm gonna mention for, for real talk. Let me talk about. I want to talk about like winning time being like canceled. That hurt my soul. One, you're going to end winning time with the Lakers losing to the Celtics. You're gonna show the '84. I mean, you're, see, I mean, '84, 1984. That series. You're gonna show that one. When they lose, I believe, that, I believe that's a tragic magic game, too. Like, you're going to show that one? I mean, serious. Like, really? That's what we're doing? Like, it's the sh- it's a show based on the Lakers and Magic Johnson. How do you show failure with the, with all that? That makes absolutely no fucking sense. You know what I mean? Oh, hold on, hold on. I got my man George has a comment. So, damn, you starting with the F-bomb. It's serious. What about the NBA games or HBO Max, though? Uh, George, I ain't worried about all that. We talking about magic. It's winning time. George, did you watch winning time? Did you like it? Did you like winning time? So that is, it was all about winning time. I mean, winning time with it. I think every basketball fan, uh, uh, even if you were just into like good, good shows, man, that was it. Oh, George, you don't get HBO. Hey, George, man, it's, you're missing out, man. On H, like, I got HBO. I got Max. Whatever, that's what it's called now. You're missing out, bro. Like, that's a thing, man. It's it's amazing, bro. You would definitely you would enjoy it. I won't even hold you. You would enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, I'm very upset about it. Like I I got it. I got the alert on social media that like oh, this is the last season of like winning time. And I was like, what are we doing here? Like how do we how do we get here? Like we're ending winning time. Like winning time was special. Like Matt got. That I learned so much about Magic Johnson and Jerry West because of winning time. I mean, so what they were doing and how like I mean, Jerry Buss was acting at acting a fool. I'm telling you. But anyway, our guest is here, so let me let me bring her in. Let me bring her in. All right, here we go. Right now, I have Bowie TV president and Seawall Sports and Entertainment's Candy Waller on the pod. What's going on, Candy? Hey, what's up, Wale? How you doing? I mean, I'm a little disturbed because I'm winning time is like off, like it got canceled, and I was so for Magic Johnson, like his 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 scandal is his scandal work and Jerry and Jerry West and Jerry Bus. I was all for it. I'm a Magic Johnson dude, so I was all for it. Oh, they canceled. I guess you having a lot of fun with, with uh, Magic Johnson being one of oh, the owners. I'm stressing out. This I ain't gonna lie, stress me out because I was thinking I there was so much more to the story, like and it like they ended it. I didn't expect that to happen. Like I had a lot. I mean, I know Magic didn't like the he didn't like the show because he felt he, that they falsely portrayed him. But I mean, I think there's truth in everything. So, um, <laughs> right is a little bit of truth. I I'm think sure. a little bit. I think it's, I mean, Magic was Magic was out. Magic out was out there doing this thing, according to Winning Time. So <laughs> it is what it is. He was getting it in. He was but, like, um, take that off the air. But anyway. I guess, I guess, and Jerry West, Jerry West was like, "This is not me. This is this is. I don't do this type of stuff." I was like, "Bro." You look like a gangster. I don't know why you met. Y'all know why you met. You like a gangster on winning time, bro. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, Candy, glad you on. Um, so I want to get, you know, you were at the game. You were there. You were in Mile High. Um, in a comeback victory on, on the road where the commanders were down 21 to 3. 21 to 3. The commanders defeated the Denver Broncos 35 to 33. Candy, can you tell us your thoughts on that game, man? I mean, I think I'm still trying to just wrap my head around all of it. I mean, I went back, I watched the, you know, watched the game over Uh again. uh um, And just was eyeing the parts where the momentum shift happened. Uh You know, the team came out 
and it wasn't so much about the offense for me. You know, we know uh-huh. that the offense is still gelling, you know, Sam Howell, the offensive line. We, we know those things, those kinks are, you know, are still being worked out. Of it was the defense that had me alarmed. Like, yeah, wait that's right. a minute. Wait, 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 uh-huh. wait. Um, I mean, we knew in week one, right, they let Josh Dobbs get down the field early. I mean, they had a, a key stop, yes. But you, we still kind of saw lingering of those, you know, uh, allowing the big plays to happen, yep. a busted coverage, a missed tackle, um, just letting them get down the field. But, you know, they were able to shut that down early on with the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And then immediately I'm watching this game on Sunday, and I'm like, but that's still Russell Wilson. Yep. It's still Russell Wilson. The name still has clout. And I was like, this is not going to go well mm-hmm. at all. And that that was where I was so focused in offense. We're going to see what they do. We know they have kinks to work out. Defense, somebody needs to do something. Somebody need to call from upstairs down on the <laughs> and say, this is what's happening. This, These are the adjustments that you need to make. And it was just like clockwork when you saw that strip fumble happened and then uh-huh. it shifted the momentum for the defense. You talking so, about this play right here. You talking about this play right here, right? This play. Hold on, let's see. Let's see. Let's see it real oh, quick. Yeah. Yep. Let's see it. Let's see this play real quick. Yeah, big time. Yep. Big time. Yeah. You're right. Big time. It had to because it was already getting out of hand. Uh-huh. It was already getting out of hand. And it, they had to do something. Um, it just they, they just looked unprepared. Jack yeah. Del Rio's unit looked like they had not been prepared for for the day in the offense that they were facing, but they got it together real quick and it started from that moment right there. Yeah, I'm with you. I think from watching watching it, I was annoyed. So I was watching. I mean, watching it. I was obviously as well. Obviously, I was watching the game and I was annoyed just because, like, all of my concerns about the Cardinals game was coming was coming was coming true. Right? Like, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I played the Cardinals. Yeah, granted, mm-hmm. y'all only gave up nine points on the defense, but there were things I didn't like. Like, I felt like Connor, the running back for the Cardinals, was able to get yardage, you know, mm-hmm. you know positive yardage running the football, knowing that, mm-hmm. again, that quarterback was very limited because this, he's he's being he's involved with his new teammates, right? He's it's, he's going to be limited, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, like, oh, I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't like it. So in the first half, it was like the same thing. Like, they could do whatever they wanted to do, like, you know there were big plays out there. They gave up big plays. The uh, Williams was getting was was getting good getting good runs. Um, I just didn't see the thump on defense. And yeah, I'm with you. Like yes, it's easy to criticize the offense. It's easy to go at the offense. It is easy. That's an easy thing to do. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this team's this equity is put into this team's defense. Yep. You know what I mean? So to be down 21 to three, and basically Russ throwing limited passes. He barely threw that many passes to have that type have that type of stat mm-hmm. line initially. It, it it concerns you. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is Jack Del Rio's defense. Uh-huh. You know, that's one of the things that I was sharing with, with you all, you know, in OTAs. Uh-huh. I said, hey, listen, the defense has to show up in a way that it impacts the scoreboard. Great. Not trying to bring up old stuff, but yeah. there were several games last year where the defense was impactful, but not impactful enough to, imp- to, to make it count with the W. They yeah. got to make it count now. Yep. Jack has who he wanted. He got ball hawks now. He got exact. He has exactly 
everyone he wants on this defense. There are no, there are no kinks to work out here, uh-huh. right? They, they they know everyone gets it. Everyone's used to it for the most part, right? Uh-huh. I mean, you got some rookies and some new vets, you know, and a Cody Barton. He's a you know a new vet getting used to Jack Del Rio's defense. Don't get me started on him. Don't there's too on him. many people. <laughs> Right, but there's too many people that understand Jack's system. There, like you said, there's a lot of capital. And yeah. Deron Payne talked about this during the summer that they understand the capital that has been placed onto the defense. Yeah. What happened with Russell with the with the offense on Sunday? That can't happen again. No, it can't. Right, it and, can't. and it's exactly what you said. Well, like it, what we saw week one. It really almost came back to bite him in week yeah. two. Like yeah. facts on top of facts. I was like, oh, this is not gonna go well because it's the exact same thing. You're dealing with a different level of caliber of quarterback. Like exactly, that. exactly. And a different level of caliber of head coach back there. Yeah, they already too. know what you're doing. Yeah, they know what you're doing, but they adjusted, they absolutely mm-hmm. adjusted. It it was simply them using their defense in the areas in which they are strong. Mm. No, I'm with you. All right, get so the football. Get, get, get pressure. It. Go, uh-huh. get, go, go and get it. Yeah. Get the pressure up front. You have to. Keep your eyes on the ball. Uh-huh. You know, read the quarterback. Read the receivers. And it, it worked out in their favor. In the end, it almost was a disaster. But, I mean, you know, we've had Hail Mary disasters here, too. You know? <laughs> you know, and that almost came back to bite. Yeah. Something about this team at Hail Mary's, I tell you. <laughs> Something about this I'm team. Like, why would you bat the football? Catch it. Well, I would say well, you can bat it, but it's batted down. Bat like, why it you bat down? Bat it but down. you tipped like, it up in the air. Like What's I'm I mean? like you're too thirsty. I, in my point, I like and where I was at, like you're too thirsty to get a pick. I mean, just end the game. Like, dude, that interception is meaningless in the, in the grand scheme of things. Get everybody out of here before the altitude sickness starts to set in. There you go. That's what there I kept you. saying. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here before the altitude sickness starts to kick in. So uh, we just we mentioned being twenty being down twenty one three uh, in this, you know in the second quarter. Um, what for you? When, when did when did when did things change for you? Like it was it a Jamin play? That's what turned the game around for you. The Jamin I think play. That, that's w- the that was where I felt the moment. That's where I felt the momentum shift. Got you. Um, Deron Payne with his three and out single handedly three and out mm. on that whole series. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah, everybody about to follow suit now. Yeah. Everybody Deron. understands what type of time they on. And Deron yeah. Payne, I think I think the, the start of the momentum shift was with that strip fumble. But mm-hmm. I think the this is this is what we doing for the rest of today was Deron Payne single-handedly a three and out. Oh, he yeah. destroyed them. Oh, yeah. This man was he was nasty. Damn. This, man was, this man was nasty. This, he, this man was Deron nasty. Payne. Yeah, this man was nasty. He was nasty. Deron was definitely nasty. And three times in a row, that was it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Deron was crazy. All him. And and then you saw everybody else follow his lead. Yeah. I like that one. I do. the Deron, that was, because I went back and watched it too, just to watch it again, because, you know, I kind of like to sit on good victories like that. Oh, yeah. Um, But that, like that, I I don't know if I've ever seen a D tackle, like, take over a whole series like that in, in, in consecutive plays. I know. Um, I'm sure Aaron Donald has done it. Sure, I, I, right, I want right. to. I don't want to exaggerate. Like I, you know, like it's never happened before. Right. But that was. I'll say this for Washington Redskins Commander. That was the. I've never seen anything like it. I'll say that much. 
you know, I've been so impressed with Deron. Um, you know, everybody, Deron does it. He's, he's a player of, of little words, but we all know he got his big payday. And he talks a bit more now, right? But it's in a leadership way. And one of the things that he has continued to say and take accountability and ownership for is we know that it starts with us. We know we have to start out fast. We know it's our job to get the offense, the ball back. It's on us. We got it. We got to do it. And he shows and proves it every time he is on that field. They were getting, they were getting mollywop. They yeah. were straight up. They, I mean, right. straight up. And like I said, it has to start showing up impactful on the scoreboard. Um, they, they, the capital, the, the type of capital that has been spent on this team is capital that says this is no less than a top five. Absolutely, you must be in the top 10 of mm. defenses, and they got to prove that they have to show and prove that. And it also has to impact the scoreboard. And they understand that, mm. Deron, if Deron understands that and is able to speak that out loud in press conferences in the media. He's not somebody who likes to talk to the media, but if he does and says that out loud as, as much as he has over the summer, they get it. And, mm. and they showed they got it from that play on, for sure. Mm. I think yep. that got them all hyped. We got a question for you, uh, my man George. Okay. He said, uh, I would love to hear uh, what Candy thought on the Cortland Sutton catch before the Hail Murray because I – I was furious it wasn't reviewed. I am certain it wasn't a catch. Yeah, at that point, I said, I don't know, is is his um, Dan Snyder, is he paying somebody from the middle of the ocean? <laughs> <laughs> that's when I, that's when stuff like that starts happening. I'm just going to be very honest. You know, you know, before it was like, you know, the team couldn't catch a break yeah. because of the ownership. And now I'm like, is, is it that the team still can't catch a break? I knew I said it. I said, okay, he just uh, made a call from in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. And it's, it's something because he's got six billion dollars and he's got time. So he's just, you know, my goodness. So I agree <laughs> with that. Um, <laughs> it was just moving too fast. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, are they gonna let this happen? Mm. Um, and so <laughs> That's just my conspiracy theory. I try not to let uh, conspiracy theory yeah, get you. hold of me, but in the press box, I let it. I let it have its way at that time. I said, "Oh, all right, no, uh, no that's hilarious." <laughs> so after the victory, like, how was the vibe? Of, how was the vibe for the players? Like, how how did, how were they feeling? Like, you how, know how what? excited were so they? So, what is very interesting, which mm -hmm. I like, mm -hmm. and I've had a few people reach out to me, like, I know they were hyped. Mm -hmm. No, nah, I mean they were happy. Okay, this is but good. they weren't hyped. Got you. You know, this team understands it's just week two. It's got a long season ahead. We uh -huh. got a long season ahead. And it wasn't a lot. Of, I mean, yes, music was playing, but it wasn't yeah, I know, yeah, hype. So. You know, yeah, yeah. there were smiles, but people were getting ready to go. You know, they ready to get on the, you know, the bus, get ready to get on the plane. Um, I do want to mention, and I've I've said this on um a couple of my posts. But after Terry McLaurin did his uh, media availability, his presser in the locker room, he ran up to Chase Young and gave him the biggest hug and said, I'm so proud of you, bro. Yeah, um, and I really just wanted to highlight that moment because those I feel like are the stories that don't get told. I feel mm -hmm. like those are the stories that aren't shared more and enough. Mm -hmm. um, Montez Sweat was standing there. He was sitting there and then, 
John Kahn, Nikki Javale, and myself were talking to Montez when Chase was doing his media availability, and he was just talking about how amazing it was, and it just felt so great to have him out there. Chase is like his best friend. Mm -hmm. So to just have him there meant everything. He's had a long road, so and everyone knew how bad he wanted to get out there. And everybody sees the stories. Everybody yeah. sees the commentary like this man is taking an injury or yeah, he you know a bust or he this yeah. or he that no that's not it that's not it at all he's being totally read incorrectly in that mm. way and i i'm a person because i am in the locker room i am there just about every day you know this Wale, and i yeah. If I see it, I'm gonna say something. Of course, you know, and I'm gonna speak up and say that's that's not Chase. Yeah, and I was very happy for him as well. So that was kind of more of the vibe of players coming up and telling him they were proud of him. People dapping each other up. People showing B. Rob mm -hmm. a lot of love uh, for his performance on Sunday. So that's the kind of vibe and camaraderie it was more like. Everybody just like, good job, man. This, this, that, and the third. Talking about, you know, certain plays they really liked and mm -hmm. some critiques as well. Of course. You know, Cody Barton had some tough messages for himself, you know, and how he played first half, the second half. So that mm -hmm. that is gone acknowledged by mm -hmm. him. So it's it's, I think it's the vibe that you want to see where it's like we happy we got the w but we know there's still more work to do so we're gonna watch the film we're gonna keep it focused and we're gonna get ready for next week that's what's up all right you mentioned chase you know i'm i'm all for the chase smoke when it comes to folks um <laughs> chase had you know a second i had a second and a half and he was wrecking things out there um yes. you mentioned you, know, you mentioned people seeing the, the the press clipping some of the other pundits out there who talk trash and call yeah, this guy a bus and, and some of the fans out there tweeting or what or, or whatever you call it, tweet asking or posting i don't know what the hell y'all call it now but <laughs> like coming out saying oh he we sh we should trade this dude or this that and the other like talk about his play and how much it meant to him to play that way and also how it must feel to know that you know you got people waiting for your downfall and for you to come out, like wanting you to not to have a sack, so they can come out and say, "I told you so," and for him mm -hmm. to come out there and literally whip his man twenty four seven because he did whip his man, he whipped that tackle around, the tackle couldn't block him, and to put constant pressure and actually have some key plays in that game. I mean, he mentioned it in his in his media availability in the locker room, like, "Hey, they gonna praise you when you up, and they gonna down you when you mm. when you down." No lies, you know? no lies told. Um, no lies I mean, told. Trace had a serious injury, yeah. and injuries are not planned. People you like you don't know. I mean, hey, just ask Aaron Rodgers, okay? Ask, ask, you know, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, these ask Nick Chubb. I mean, mm. you, you. Yeah. This is uh. <laughs> a very dangerous sport. As much as we all love it, it's a mm -hmm. dangerous game, and nobody's planning to get hurt. And when you do, I mean, yeah, I'm sure you know it's a lot of mental, emotional things that go in your mind. Will you ever play the same? Will you ever play? What happens? You know, am I going to get traded because of this? And all mm -hmm. you know, this this is not a year where it would be in Chase Young's best interest to not have a dynamic season. It, it, he he doesn't win that way. Yeah. What, what what does he what does he gain from not having a good season? He doesn't gain what he what he should could right. And um, 
I think the over based on his play, he he was very he wasn't hype. It wasn't like you know you could tell he was just very humble. He he just mm. kept saying, "I'm blessed, I'm blessed." He said that's why after he got the sack, all he could do was the praying hands and put his hands up because I don't think people understand why we may watch it to 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 mm-hmm. critique or for entertainment, whatever. This is their livelihood. This is how they eat. This is how their families eat. You know, mm-hmm. this is what they've done since they were young, young children. They are known as football players. Yeah. So what do you do when you're not a football player? Who knows? It's a conversation nobody wants to have. And they oh, never really have it, right? That's so that's, so, so that's a factual statement for real. Yeah. And so um, he was humble. He was, he was, you could tell he was just trying to soak it all in. It wasn't a lot of rah, rah, rah. It wasn't none of that. He could, you could just tell he was just truly like, I'm blessed. I am blessed. He knows the ex- extensive injury he had, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a blessing to see it, and and let's just keep and continue that it continues for all of them, and and you know they all continue to stay as healthy as they possibly can, um, this season. Yeah, folks. Root, yeah, root, root your own man. Just, if you a Commanders fan, like stop hating. With the, stop with the fucking hating, like for real. Like just appreciate. I don't. You can't appreciate this I mean, dude. I like mean, for real, real talk. Like appreciate this dude. Like appreciate the people on your team that you see that that putting the effort. No one wants to get hurt. Like I hate that thing. Like oh, he's just gonna get hurt. I I hate. Like I've been hurt. Like I've I've torn my ACL. I've torn my meniscus. I've been all that. I just had it. I just had a. I just had a meniscus surgery. Like. Like no one wants to get hurt. This whole thing, like he gonna get hurt. Like who with like who does that? Like right. being hurt ain't something that happens on purpose. It's like it don't mean that you weak or whatever. You got hurt. Like he get like is the next thinker. He's faking it or he can't go tough enough play with the next thinker, bro. That's your neck. What are you? Yeah. What, what, what you doing out here? That deals. That's a spinal injury. Do yeah. Spinal injuries are serious. So I, my whole thing is like. I'm glad old, old boy's playing. I'm glad he gets to change. He has the opportunity to change the narrative. I'm happy for him. But I'm going to go to a quarterback, this young boy showing showing stuff out here. Sam Howell, you know, he he went 20, he went 27 for 39, 200, 299 yards, two touchdowns. Has a strong throw to Scary Terry, a key play for him. That throw like gave him the, uh, I'm here now type of thing. What were your thoughts on Sam Howell's play? Let me also say, when we were in the press box, we had him at 301. Uh, in oh, his yeah. yards, uh, and somehow, uh, mm-hmm. some way, when we look back at oh, the night, it was two ninety nine. Oh, you had him at three hundred one. Okay, that was petty, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I wasn't was three hundred yards too. I, I was like, oh my gosh, she's got three hundred yards. It was a yeah. whole, you know, thing. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, you've heard me say this, well, like we've had yeah. this conversation. Mm-hmm. The game against the Dallas Cowboys at the end of last season Let was you know, not a fluke. That you know, let folks I've know. Been, I've said it so many times. Uh-huh. Let folks oh, know. Oh, because the Dallas Cowboys didn't care. No, that's not true. Yeah. They did care. They still had something to play for that game because they still had mm-hmm. to, they were still playing to win the division. I believe it was yeah. between them and the Yeah, Eagles. they were playing for the division. They were playing for the division. They, they, for the division. they were playing for hopes they to win the division. Yeah. The commanders at FedEx Field. So they were at they absolutely were still playing for something mm-hmm. that last game. Yeah. That wasn't a fluke. Mm-hmm. That was Sam Howell. Yeah, I'm with you. So everybody's seeing who we tried to tell everybody. That's him. Yep. The commander scouting team and martin mayhew went to so many of sam howell's games Uh sam howell was the insurance policy 
That was the insurance policy. That's why they brought Carson Wentz in, and then they still drafted Sam Howell. I distinctly mm. remember Coach Rivera telling the media, "We ca I called Carson to make sure it was okay. Carson said it was fine, but let's be for real. It was an insurance policy because Carson Wentz had a one-year deal. You see who is now QB1. Oh yeah, they, they, they were going to all of his games. I have, I, you, well, you know this well. Like I have been tracking the story for for months mm -hmm. before they drafted him. I said they like Sam Howell. Mm -hmm. They're going to all of his. They're interviewing this guy. They're going to all of his games. They're tracking his offseason workouts before the draft. They want him. Mm -hmm. Everybody now sees why this kid. And I think I shared it shared it with you all back during the summer. The way he studied. It's obvious he mm -hmm. makes a mistake. He makes a mistake. And it's like, I ain't gonna make that again. Mm -hmm. You know, I ain't gonna do that again. Right? Yeah. The darts, the catches, the one you just showed to yeah. Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas. Best wishes to Logan. I mean, he's doing okay. Best wishes to Logan, man. For real. Real talk. Best real talk. To Logan. He is in concussion protocol. But real when talk. I talked to him after the game, he assured me he was good, but good. he's still in concussion huh. protocol. Yeah. Um, Y'all saw it? And look at, I mean, and he's listening. He wants to be the be absolute best quarterback he can. This team, as you all can see, they've fallen in line. Yeah. You know, yes, you have leaders. And a Jonathan Allen, and a Chase Young, um, and a Deron Payne, or right? EB, or EB, and a EB, and a Terry McLaurin. But let me tell you something: quarterback, it's gonna be that way forever. Mm. The quarterback is the leader of your team. Facts. Not going to change. Everybody else is supporting cast members. Your quarterback matters and is going to lead your team and you see how this offense i give the offensive line a hard way to go uh -huh. but when you look at what look at how the offensive line are still forming and they still scored 35 points facts you no know, last told man you know, they, just, they were blocking for 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 b rob yeah and all um, that they they are hey i don't know what's gonna happen i have no idea uh -huh. But here's the reality. We've seen a commander's team not play their best football. They haven't even played their best football. I because I can guarantee you it wasn't until the second quarter this week that I said, oh, I recognize these people. These are the people I've been watching since May. Mm. Week one, I didn't know those guys. I said, <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I'm glad they won. Okay. The first half of, of week two. I definitely didn't know them until about five minutes left in the first in the first half. I'm like, okay, well, I'm seeing glimpses. I'm kind of seeing people that I recognize. It wasn't until the last half of that game. We're going. I'm not saying anybody's going to go into undefeated because that's just unrealistic. But what I am saying is, this team is still gelling together. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. They also, still are, and that's facts. Yeah, no, it's facts. facts. You ain't lying about that. So, all right. The Buffalo Bills Sunday, they come to FedEx. Hopefully, it's a pack house of full of commander fans. Uh, so before I let you, I want to know give me your key, give me your keys to a for a commander's victory and a prediction. Keys for a victory. The defense cannot be, they can't start slow. Okay. The, the, you know, you 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 warmed up week one, week two, you get able to get out of there with a W and catch up. 
this is not the week to catch up. This team has to start out solid and fast offensively and defensively because, mm-hmm. yeah, you got 35 points this week, but that does no guarantee that you're going to do that. Next <laughs> week, all right. No so you have to, you have to do, you have to start out fast on both sides of the ball and you have to eliminate these mistakes on special teams because don't mm. think I forgot about them two missed field goals Oof. in that botch snap. Oof. He got a job. He still got a job though. He does, but I don't know for how long. Yeah. So, they're watching them because that's six points on the on the, that's six points left out there yeah. straight up right mm-hmm. so they have to they have they they have to start out fast on on all sides if they want to compete and win okay this game in terms of a, a prediction score prediction, prediction. I, I, I i'm waiting for it it hasn't happened yet it you don't got one ain't coming had, to you. You don't get the epiphany yet. You don't got I need, it yet. I need an Emmanuel <laughs> Forbes pick six. All right, oh, that's it. okay. You want to give me that? Okay, let's do that. I like oh, that prediction. Emmanuel. We're not going to go wins and loss. I'm gonna do. I like that Forbes pick six. Emmanuel I do Forbes like pick that. Six. You I ever see like him? That. Now, if Cam Curl get it, okay, fine. Yeah. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But All I really right. Emmanuel Forbes pick six. All right, I like that one. All right, hold on, on. Josh I, Allen. Oh man. Mm. Okay, I do. Have, I do have a couple. Couple. I get a couple more questions. A lot. A little bit. Couple more questions. So. How about this? I know Deron Payne was on the um injured list today, like so with with an ankle issue. What's up with his What's up with his ankle? Kind of quiet today on that, so we'll see okay. tomorrow. We're gonna we'll see tomorrow. tomorrow. It's a okay. little quiet, you know. So hopefully this is just. You remember he went out of the yeah. game for a moment uh Sunday and went back in. He's such a warrior. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Sam Cosby. Yeah, yeah. Because you know he he play, he practiced. Practice. You know? Um, but those two guys, they're such warriors for their teammates. You know, they're going to be banged up and say, "Get, let me get out there. Um, so he did not practice, did not see him either. Mm-hmm. So let's see what happens tomorrow. Tomorrow is where I might start to worry. All right. And also, I mean. I think he I, is absolutely needed for something. Yeah, oh, I think he is needed. I, I'm with you on that. And also in terms of, I, I mentioned what we saw in Arizona, when Arizona came to town and how and how the fans were, and like that was a real home field advantage. Do you think Washington will have that same type of home field advantage against Buffalo? Because the because uh, Bills Mafia, they travel. So oh, I want to know. Bills Mafia traveling. Yeah. They're going to travel. And, and, and Coach Rivera asked Coach Rivera about the sellout crowd and how excited, mm-hmm. you know, in preparation, you know, for him, the team, and what that means for this week. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that as well, that Bills Mafia, they travel. So he yeah. hopes, he is hoping there's more Commanders fans there. Because let me tell you something, even in Denver, when the Commanders came out on the field, you heard Commanders fans when something mm-hmm. good would happen, when the touchdown, you know, you heard them. Oh, yeah, and I know. So they traveling too, though. There's a great amount of Commanders fans that traveled to Denver. So I'm really hoping that this does not look like an away game. Sure. Okay, mm-hmm. Bills Mafia, welcome <laughs> to Landover. You know, welcome to Landover. You might, you might have to get old school Landover credibility when you come up in it welcome to landover welcome to landover mall you know what i'm saying what time it is what time it is i know what time it is but um (laughs) they're excited it's another sellout crowd and so let's hope it's more burgundy and gold than it is bill's mafia but bill's mafia is kind of rough i know right i know that i know that's right hey candy thanks for being on before before i let you go how can listeners catch your content your shows to Bowie TV, social media, plug everything. The floor is yours. Okay. All right. Let me j- go down the list. And you always yeah, keep please. me honest on this one. Come on now. So, uh, you, know like, you ain't as bad as Donna. Donna's horrible. I'm going to keep that buck. <laughs> <laughs> Bowie TV on YouTube. 
um, at Bowie TV at BCMC TV Maryland. You can you'll find it there. You'll find all of the Commanders content. We also Bowie TV is also covering the Ravens as well. So you'll you'll see that as well as all the other television shows that we're starting to populate YouTube with. Um, for the live discussions that we that we also do on Bowie TV, you can catch them on Seawall Sports and Entertainment on Facebook and on YouTube. Um, you can what Bowie TV Sports on Instagram, Bowie TV Sports on uh twitter x um at seawall se it's almost nba season so i'm also the managing publisher for inside the wizards on sports illustrated fan nation so you can go to inside the wizards on x facebook bookmark the site if you're a wizards fan um all of the above and in the website www.seawallse.com dope hey candy thanks for being on appreciate all the insight we're gonna get you back you're gonna get you back on you already know yeah, I, I love to do it, and the pregame was cool too. Oh, I had yeah, to keep looking yeah. at my time, so we'll work it out. Just let we me know. We won't work it out. We got we got a game plan. All, all right, right, all right, Katie. See you. All right, see you. All right, man. Yeah, that's a Candy Waller, man. Check her out. She's dope. I think my my neck my my other guest is here. We you know I talked about the the Washington Commanders and how uplifting their season is. And, you know, I ain't going to lie, I haven't watched Mystic Games a lot this season, but I did watch the playoff game, and I was heartbroken when they lost. I was so mad. So I'm going introduce to my, introduce my next guest. You know what I'm saying? Like, so she, right, she's she's a, she's, she's a double take. She's double take sports, Washington Mystics reporter, Karita Parks. Karita is the founder of Double Take Sports. Hey, what's going on, Karita? What's up, what's up? What's up, Karita? Like, I'm good, man. But you know, like, dang, I won't lie, like that that Mixers game kind of hurt my hurt my soul. Ooh, that was an intense, intense game. I, I was emotionally invested. I will not lie. I was emotionally invested. Like, like I, it's wild. Cause I saw. I remember watching Tasha Cloud play when I used to like cover. And yeah, I used to I used to cover Mr. Games too, and um, like she is so much better now compared to when I first. I think I saw her when she was a rookie. Like she is so much better as a basketball player. Like, yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna get right into it. Last night, the Mixers were swept out of the first round of the WM- WNBA playoffs by the New York Liberty. Uh, Mi- the Mystics fell to the Liberty 90 to 85 in overtime. Uh, they, they had all the opportunity to win that game. Like they had all the opportunity well, to push that to game three. Well, I think so much harder. Yeah, it, this that's was the thing. not a blowout. Yes, this was not. Don't get me wrong. The Liberty is a good team. So I mean, the second best team, and to me, they're the second best yeah. team. Yeah, Can't even downplay that. Yeah. But the Mystics could have beat them last oh night. Oh, my God. Easily. The Mystics beat themselves. That's there the were just too many turnovers down the stretch, just mm-hmm. mental mistakes. I know there was a moment, um, a key moment before they went into overtime where Natasha Cloud was inbounding the ball and threw it away. I mean, it was just. <sighs> It's like they started playing sloppy down this like, yeah. stretch. That's that was my problem. I felt like the especially that down the stretch, I felt like New York, New York was shook and mm-hmm. the Mixers had the opportunity to take it. Like I felt like they like Natasha Cloud was making getting good steals. Like she was strapping. Like she was strapping. And um she strapped up like the, the star guard for the, the Liberty. Like she I feel like that tell, was Natasha Cloud's best game. 33 points, nine assists. She was going. Like she yeah. was hitting three the three ball. She was driving to the cup. She was doing everything. She to me, like they don't even get to that level of us talking about they blew it if it wasn't for her. Like I yeah. thought every, like when I, I'm gonna say this, I'm being honest, everybody to me on that squad played like garbage but her. 
Let me yeah, say she like stepped up. Yeah. When when most needed. Because what I'll say, just see Natasha throughout the season uh-huh. offensively, just as far as points are concerned. Uh-huh. You haven't seen her have that that yeah, exactly. Volume. She's yeah. made more of an impact, like with assists and yes. you know, in that level. So to see her step up in the playoffs like that, I mean, she oh. wanted it. And to your point, what is so crazy is so she stepped up offensively had the best game that uh-huh. she's had offensively of the season maybe her i think it was her career that was her career high yes, yes. that was her career high but to your point everyone around her did not do what they needed to do especially like when you have elena deladon on there you go. i'm sorry i'm sorry you need yeah. more from her yes. in this situation and I just did Ariel Atkins, like everybody in general, but I'm just talking about those those players who have been there yeah. as the cornerstone of this team. Like you needed them. Brittany Sykes, you know, she has stepped up big time with the injuries. Uh last night, you know, same she same was- thing. She just wasn't there were too many other um too many of the other players who just were not on it. Like, like I can't do it by herself. I've been a big Della Don fan. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Della Don. I think I've been since college to like, she can go, like, she can rock. She's one of the best female basketball players I've seen, I've ever seen. She is like, she really can go. Right. But I was so disappointed in her in, in game two because you had, you had, you had Brianna, Brianna Stewart out there doing mm-hmm. her thing because she has, that's what she is. She's one, you know, she didn't shoot for a great percentage, but she was aggressive and right. it was 25 points. But she was aggressive. I think she had 25 points. I'm I don't, 25 points, I believe so. Um, but then you had you have Della Dime when you need your best players to perform in an elimination game yeah. to go like four for 16 from the field. That's not acceptable for somebody with her caliber of her caliber. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, that's why I'm like, yo, you had like you said, Natasha Cloud doesn't drop buckets like that. She's an assist leader. That's what she does. Mm-hmm. She's an assist leader. And to come out with that type of performance, uh, I don't know. Like that was that's what kind of bothered me about Della Don. I'm like, this, that's the game. You, your, your team needed you, my man. Della Don is, is she's going to play on, or was that the end of her career? I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't Ooh. know her career. Wow. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I do want to give you this question though, because like I feel like in every in every season or every career or in any sport. There mm-hmm. is a defining moment when you have this young pup who's taking their game to the next level. And I can go, we can go historically speaking, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, right? Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, right? Kobe Bryant started to get to a certain level where Kobe was starting to score more frequently. Like he was starting to get, he went from 20 to 25 to 30. And it was like, he just wanted more. And you could see like the drive to be better. And when you see Natasha, like Natasha Cloud, I mean, after the, like she got interviewed by ESPN reporter and she was like, man, she playing like, 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 like no, she like, she curked out. Like basically she said, excuse my language. And then cussed, it didn't cussed because she said, I work hard for this. I work hard for this crap. Like basically I work hard for this crap in the off season. Like I'm ready for this. Like I said, I work hard for this crap in the off season. I'm ready for this. So it gets, so it, it gets, it gets me questioning, like going into the next season, mm-hmm. Do you does it does does it does it change now? Does the climate change in terms of whose team it is? Does it go from being a Della Don team to a, a Natasha Cloud team? Because I feel like if I'm Natasha Cloud, I did this in an elimination game. 
I'm going to y'all season. I'm going to work my ass off. And I'm, I want to be one of them. Like, you know what I mean? You know, they mentioned last night, which hasn't been much of conversation. So I don't think I really realized that they mentioned that Natasha is a free agent. Is she? Oh. Um, in the off season. Okay. So. Look at that money. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Um, I was like, I just, obviously, like I said, that hasn't really been talked much about this season. And when they mentioned that, I'm like, oh man, like, ooh, that, you know, so hopefully the Mystics do what they have to do to keep her. But um, to your point, you know, it's interesting because here's what I what I feel. I feel like from a talent perspective, uh-huh. um, this was Elena Deladon's team, right? Great, yeah. But from a leadership perspective, I feel like it's always been Natasha. Mm, I can see that. I feel like she, yeah, I can see that. So I don't think that this is, it's a different, like she has been the the vocal leader, the one who gets that team going since I've been covering the Mystics in 2019. Uh, now, with Elena Deladon, she's a, she's a leader in a different way because um, she was from her play. You know, you yeah. see leadership through her play. And they have a ton of respect for her. So that automatically makes her a leader. But I just feel like Natasha's she's that one who's going to get the team going, who's going to tell the team, yo, like this, what this is what needs to happen. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, I think this has always been her team. In a uh-huh. sense. All right. This is my, my last question for you. What does this team need to do next season to be a championship team again? <sighs> you know, I say that's a tough one because I feel like the pieces are there, right? But what has seemed to have happened with the Mystics in the past few seasons is the injuries have gotten to them. So you have Christy Tolliver who had a season-ending injury. I feel like losing Shakira Austin was a huge hit. If she was in that game yesterday – I have even with the offensive performance, I have no doubt because her defense the is rebounding. Yeah, them rebounding. Rebounding is like second to none. Yeah. I feel like they have to stay healthy. But you know, also Maisha Hines Allen, she just has not this has not been her year. I know she had her own injury. Uh-huh. It just seemed like she has fully recovered from that. So I don't even think she was at full speed. I really think they need to honestly stay healthy so you say health health is a thing health is a big thing yeah i think they're i mean i think they're i think i want to see elena della i know she has to get healthy because she wasn't she came back i mean i don't think she's relatively yeah i don't think she relatively relatively was healthy even into that playoff game to be honest with you but i do want to see her like i want to see more hunger because i do think that's that's essential you got to set the tone like you she's a she's Back, you know, when I when I first saw her play, she's a generational talent. Like she was yeah. a generational talent. So I do, I just want her. I think that they can go as far as she's ready to take them. You know you what know, I mean? That's a good point that you mentioned because it makes it reminds me when the Mystic season started mm-hmm. and she came in a hundred percent healthy. You did see a different Elena. You yeah. saw that Elena that was you know, the, what the, why the missus brought her in. Like yeah. you saw that, but then with the injuries to your point, I don't think, 
I think she's been healthy enough to get back on the floor, but yeah, still not, not real healthy. Not how she was in the beginning uh, of the season because she was definitely just playing at a completely different level because I remember saying that's the Elena that I remember. Yeah. But yeah, to your point, it's, you know, it yeah, didn't Cause I, cause seeing her play, like even when she had certain players on the post or even when she was trying to go off the dribble, she just looked slower. And I know she's faster than that. Yeah. And just that, like, like, I just didn't think she looked healthy. You know what I mean? Like even her little chippy shots in the post when she had Beyond the Stewart on her, she had a fadeaway. It wasn't like, it was a chippy for her and she missed it. I was like, uh, you, this ain't Elena. Yeah. Like, even when you off, you're going to miss that shot. Like, you ain't going to miss that shot. Even if you off, you ain't going to miss that shot. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a tough loss. I, I was so, I won't lie, I was so emotional. I was surprised and emotionally invested. I was like, man, am I jinxing the squad? I was muting the TV. Like, all right, if I mute it, she going to make this bucket. I mean, that was a good game, though. I have been there throughout the season. And, you know, I turned on the game like, I'm just going to chill, watch this game. No, like, it was just – and it might have just – like, it might have just been Natasha. I don't know. But, like – No, it was her. I ain't going to lie. I fought it because of her. It was just like everybody was playing – she was playing her heart out. And then so were the Liberty. And – and then it was so close at one point. Like, yeah. it was, like you said, it was. They were down, like, 11, and they came back. Yeah. And then they took the lead, and it looked like they was going to win. I and just it was about to be a game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Friday, that's what I'm saying. I know, and they deserve, man, she deserves it. Yeah. I, I don't like when people who play hard, and I'm going to let you go, but I don't like, like, I don't like people who play hard like that, and they're not rewarded for it. Because I felt like on that court. Mm-hmm. New York may have won, and I, I give like Jones because she was playing hard, like the big because she getting all the rebounds. Oh yeah, they ain't but, have, they had no answer. But for I I will say this: the hardest player, on, the person who played the hardest and p- imposed their will the most was by far Natasha Cloud, and I yeah. felt like she deserved it more than anybody on the court to win that game. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's what bothered me the most. But hey, hey, Karina, thanks for being on. Before we let you go, please let our listeners know how they can catch you on social media and check out your content. Yep, you can follow me. My handle is on the screen at Karita C. Park across all platforms. Also, be sure to follow Double Take Sports at DBL Take Sports. Mystic season's just wrapped up, but the wizard season is upon us. Already getting those emails. I'm like, oh, it's time for the NBA again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So be sure to follow Double Take Sports on all platforms. Um, I also do Inside the Wizards as well during the season. So you can find my content for Wizards there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now football season's in, so there you, go. you can catch my Ravens content too. There you go. Hey, Karita, thanks for being on. Appreciate you. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right. Again. All right, man. Again, that is that is Karita Parks, and you can follow her on X. I'm supposed to be, I guess I'm supposed to say X. X and IG at Karita C. Parks. That's at Karita C. Parks. Karita mentioned that she covers the Ravens, but I'm about to talk to about another Be More team that is providing fans with so much special, special moments. Let me introduce my next guest. I'm going to put him in right now. I'm, I'm, I'm boosted to have this guest because, you know, obviously, I'm like, I love my Orioles. I mean, Ray and them, they like talking about the Nationals. Everybody know I love my Orioles. Right now, I have host of Lock on Orioles podcast, Connor Newcomb on the pod. What's up, Connor? And welcome to the Urban Sports Center. 
Yeah, thank you so much uh, for having me on. And and it's definitely, I mean, it's been a long time, right? Since people have been this excited about the yes. Orioles in late September. It has yes. been a long, long time. So it's fun. I know. I know. It's, it's for me, you know, I was so depressed when the Adam Jones and the Marquez team, well, Marquez, they got traded to the Braves, but the Adam Jones, uh, you know, that team with, you know, so many of Matt Weeders and, you know, Buck Showalter. Um, John Visco, Manny Machado, like that whole nucleus, you know, I was so dis- disappointed when that team got like dismantled. Right. Even though I know that that last season, they, they were terrible whether when they were there and they had to, the trade that line had to trade everybody away. But I was like, wow, when are we going to get back to this moment? Because I mean, I'm an older dude. Like when I watched like Cal play and when that team was a postseason team with, you know, Kyle Ripken, BJ Serhoff and company, uh, Roberto Alomar, when that team got dismantled, it took forever. And then Adam Jones, Marcakis, you know, they came, they came to the, I mean, Marcakis was in the system. They traded for Adam Jones. They, you know, in terms of the Bedard trade and all this stuff, like, and I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. We're back. We're back again. And then that happened, then another reset, you know? So it feels good to have another young team. Like they can kind of cap, they can kind of capture your imagination. Yeah. And, and there's, they're so young. Like it's, it's crazy that there's, and and, you know, we probably won't get into just the fact that it's a little worrisome that are they going to pay all these guys down the line? But the fact is they got all these guys for at least six to seven years. Right. And the whole team, the nucleus of the team is rookies, like the vibes guys, the veterans on the edge. Those are like the guys that'll be free agents after this year, but the core players are going to be here for a while. So, you know, it's twofold because, it's hard to really get myself to accept the fact that (laughs) the Orioles could win the world series. Right. But it's also nice to know, okay, they don't win this year. Yeah. They could win next year. They could win the year after that. Like this team's going to be together for a little bit. And it's funny you say that because you know, it's hard. It's it's, 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 because you know, there's so much talent, you know, in in the, you know, in the minors for them. And now you see some of the talent they have come up from the minors. They're just on the bench. Right. Um, You can meet Westberg and obviously, um, uh, What's uh, I'm not having a moment right now. Uh, the kid they just called up. Yeah, Kerstad just. Kerstad, thank you, Kerstad, yeah. thank you, Kerstad. So then you you have Holiday in the minors. You know what I mean? Like you have Ortiz, all these cats, and Ortiz already played with a big team all earlier. But you have all of these young dudes that that are ready to push up. Like they're ready to push up. Even like Stowers doesn't get playing time. Stowers is good, and they don't I mean, to get pushed up. And to a point where you're gonna have players like Austin Hayes and probably Cedric Mullins that will probably won't be on this team when those dudes get pushed up yeah it's definitely possible and 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 that decision's coming too right yeah no <laughs> you're just gonna i think it's gonna start next year where you're just gonna look at the team especially the hitter it's gonna be more so the hitters and the pitchers yeah. you're gonna look at the team and you're gonna go you know we've got 13 slots for hitters on the no. big league roster we've got more than 13 guys right now and so you can true. you can only keep young guys in triple a for so long i mean they start to get antsy get bored want to get out so you got to make decisions i i hope personally that Cedric Mullins is one of the ones that gets to stay mm-hmm. and gets an extension and maybe gets a couple of extra years, but it's going to be so many decisions, but it's funny because it's like, it's a great problem to have, it right? Is. The Orioles have, you know, you could argue going into next year, the O's might have 19 big league caliber hitters for 13 spots. And it's like, what do you do with the other six guys? That's an awesome problem. Instead of the last couple of years where it's like the Orioles have six major league quality hitters. How mm-hmm. are we going to put 13 on this team? This is I a much see. better way to do it. So sure, we can talk about this forever. But I, yeah. before we before we get into like you know talk about this pennant race, uh, can you let let our listeners know about you know locked on on Orioles podcast and you know everything you're doing. 
Yeah, so I, I host the Locked On Orioles podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So if there's anyone listening who's you know not an O's fan, but a fan of another baseball team, all 30 teams have podcast. Basically, every team in the major four sports. So if you're listening and you know you're more of a DC fan, Locked On Commanders, Locked On Wizards, Locked On Nationals, Locked On Capitals, all exist. Um, and they're daily podcasts. So I host it five days a week, uh, thirty minute podcast. So very very digestible. You know you can kind of listen in on your commute to work um, and kind of just follow uh, follow and cover the team on a daily basis. Well, Connor, one most most of these Nets fans used to be Orioles fans, so they're like. <laughs> They're phony anyway. Um, <laughs> You're gonna get some comments Orioles. about that one. Look, look, look. Yeah. Orioles were here first. Yeah. I'm saying, like, I'm from the D. I'm from the DMV. I'm an Orioles fan. I just yeah. stay loyal. I'm yeah. just not like I'm not. I'm not like some of you other. I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah. I'm like some of you other fans are not yeah. loyal. I grew. I grew up on Cowlin, and y'all yeah. did too. Oh yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Sunday the Orioles salvaged the series with the Rays by winning in extra innings and gaining the two-two split in the series. Uh, with the win, the O's clinched the playoff spot. The O's and Rays are fighting for the AL East. Uh, how big was that series uh, just to get a split? You know, knowing how it started to. Uh, yeah, it, it was. I mean, I was there for the Thursday game, game one of the Ooh. series where they were, you know, tied in the eighth inning and uh-huh. the Rays hit the homer and you just you felt like the crowd get deflated because it was such yeah. a good crowd. And then game two, you retire Adam Jones. You I got know. a full house and they got waxed in front of that. And I just felt for that game. I was like, there's no way they're losing this game. They're bringing Adam Jones back all the good mojo they're going to yeah. have. And they got run off the field by the Rays in that game. So to turn around, I was back in the ballpark Saturday. Uh-huh. I mean, for Grayson Rodriguez to throw eight scoreless innings and just say, look, nope, you, uh-huh. we're going to win this game. I don't care what the offense does, uh-huh. but they're not scoring on me. So we're going to win this uh-huh. game. And then, I mean, that Sunday game was one of the most unbelievable baseball games I've ever seen to win in 11 innings. And, and the funny part about it was, even if they had only won one game, they mm-hmm. would have stayed in first place yeah. mm-hmm. and they would have had the tiebreaker as well, which will help at the end of the year. But the fact that they got that Sunday game was so important because they get a little bit of a cushion here. And yes. so, you know, earlier today, the Orioles lose, even though they win the series against the Astros, they lose a the yeah. game. They've got that little cushion that that Sunday win gave them. Oh, good point. And so now they're at the point where, you know, you play your games and with 10 games left, yeah, that's maybe a little soon in a baseball season to say you control your own destiny because it's really yeah. hard to go on a 10-game winning streak. Uh-huh. But it's nice to know that, that like if the Orioles can just go 7-3, and three, there's basically going to be no way the Rays can catch them at this mm. point. So that's a, that's a nice spot to be in, and just getting that split was huge. You know, it's funny because I, I watched today's game, and um, I'm, just, I'm annoyed because <laughs> it's just, you know, it was a game. I felt like you know, Bradish was amazing. Um, and they, they, I mean, they left some men on base. They could have kind of broken up, broke, broken the game open a little bit. But you know, Fuji, Fuji is a, is a, is a, and I, and I was for Fuji, so I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm negative on Fuji because I do see the potential. Like I do see the potential with Fuji, but it, something, something about you know, he's too mental when it comes to pitching right now, and not. Like to me, he doesn't trust this. He throws hundred miles per hour. Like he wants to throw the split all the time, and I'm like, dude, like just throw the hundred, just throw yeah. it. If it gets hit, it gets hit. Like you're not a junk pitcher. Stop. Don't do that. Like you're not a junk pitcher. And I'm just, I'm sitting there watching the game, and I'm like, you know what? If you're gonna pitch this way, I don't know if you make the postseason roster. So for you, is that a question? Do you think he makes the postseason roster? I would call him one of the guys that's like right on the bubble right okay. now. Um, okay. and so you know he'll probably pitch probably four to five times in the final 10 games. I'd say probably at least four times. 
those are going to be like the biggest four outings of his career because they're going to decide whether he's just kind of in the clubhouse, you know, wearing his, his hoodie throughout the postseason, or mm-hmm. if he is down in the bullpen, maybe ready to get some big outs in October. And you're right, like the stuff-wise, like you want him out there. Like mm-hmm. if you have a guy who can throw 101 with the splitter when they're not expecting it, yeah, it's awesome. But when you watch today, I mean, today I would say was probably his worst outing with the Orioles only because it wasn't just because he walked two guys. Yeah, The pitches he threw were five feet, it felt like, outside the strike zone at times. Yes. And it was he wasn't anywhere close, and that was a little concerning, to be honest. Yeah. But it, it he kind of gets swept up in what's going on right now is that the Orioles are in the middle of a stretch, 17 consecutive days with a game. That's the longest streak of yeah, the season no. without an off day, and it comes in September. Like, not 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 a great job by the schedule makers. So the bullpen's getting tired, and they've still got four more of these games. So hopefully if he can get a couple days off, these other guys can get a couple days off, they can kind of right the ship there. But it, it was a frustrating loss. It makes it better that they somehow pulled out those first two games yeah. so you get that series. But he's going to be so interesting because – it's going to be really hard for Brandon Hyde to not put him on the roster, right? Because yeah. if you're sitting there in a playoff series and you have a guy who throws 101 and you can't go to him, you're going to be kicking yourself. So it's going to be yeah. a really, really tough decision. See, Connor, the issue with me is is not – I think the stuff is there. The stuff is there. My issue with him is is that, like, dude, just trust your stuff. Yeah. Like, you throw one – all right, yeah, if you threw one-on-one, you don't even want to throw the one-on-one. You want to throw yeah. the split that's not – and it's the issue. The split's 95, bro. Like, it's 95. Like, it's a fastball. So <laughs> there's no difference between your split and your, your like, it's a it's a slight difference to a point it's now hittable. Because when people see a 95 per, mile, per hour split and it hangs, it's like basically like a glorified fastball, which yeah. is now slower than your 100 mile per hour, you know, your heater. So now it's hittable. So I'm just like, come on, man, just throw the, throw, throw the 100. Like, I like, and especially when it's a weaker hitter, like, throw the 100. Just throw it. Like, trust yeah. it. Like, that's your best pitch. Throw it for the middle Throw and dare him to hit it. Yeah. Dare him to hit it. You know what I mean? And if they hit it, then you at, least, at least you know you lost You lost on that. Like, when Batista gave up the home run to to uh, the Astros, he blew a save. Yeah. Was, Kyle uh, Tucker. Yeah, yeah, Tucker. Yeah. Right? It was 100. Yeah. 100 plus. I was like, eh, he hit it. Yeah. I wasn't mad at Batista. I was mad that he the save was blown. Yeah. But I was like, mm, he threw 100. He, he turned it. Yeah. Congrats to him. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you know what I mean? Like, that's all I want from Fuji. Like, when you're struggling, just throw the 100. And then if you can't if you can't locate it, that's fine. <laughs> like, go go for your best stuff. But you did mention yeah. somebody would say something. The Orioles were first. Yeah. Did you really say that? Major League Baseball was in Washington, D.C. in the first decade. I wasn't born there, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm just telling you, George, look, man, I, don't, I didn't watch the Senators. I'm sorry. I don't care about the Senators. I don't care about whoever. I don't care. The yeah. Orioles, when you were when you were grown, you were watching the Orioles. There was no Washington, nothing. All right. They were the Expos. You hear you hear, you hear they were the Expos, the Montreal Expos. That's what they were. All right. So during this week, but during this series, we also got to see Jack Flaherty in the bullpen. Do you think he stays in the bullpen? And he was effective. Do you think he stays in the bullpen? Or do you think that this could be something that gets him right to be a starter again? Yeah, I just think if we were earlier in the season, I would say I think he could make it back. But he's basically they got 10 games. So, you know, at most he would have time to make two more starts, really oh. one, basically. Okay. So I think at this point, they trust John Means enough for him to be the fifth starter down the stretch. And honestly, like, not only did I like how Flaherty threw, you know, two scoreless innings out of the bullpen against one of the best offenses in baseball, 
But what he said after the game, his quote was literally, just give me the ball. Like, whenever it is, just give me the ball. Mm. And when, you know, this happens a lot. Failed starters turn into good relievers yeah. because the stuff plays up. When you don't have to think about, how am I going to get myself through 100 pitches? And instead you could say, I only got 30 pitches tonight. 94 becomes 97 for a lot of guys. And stuff plays better. And that's what happened for Flaherty. They're definitely going to need him in the bullpen down the stretch just to be, at the very least, like the long reliever. But I'm not ruling out the fact that he could be at least a passable playoff reliever because that stuff looked good. Yeah, and if the O's want to win the World Series, like they're going to have to go through the Astros in the postseason. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. And he looked good against them, so why not give him that shot? I, I think at least for now, you know, let's 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 give him a shot. He's got good stuff. And, and the other thing about Flaherty is. There are not many guys on this roster who have been in the postseason. Flaherty is one of them, and I would kind of like that to be on the roster. No, I, I want him on the roster. I, yeah. I'm hoping that it does get him right. But I'm with you, though. I do think it's it's a bullpen type of thing for him. Um, it's interesting going into the post. All right, so I'll ask you this question. It's one of the later questions. But I actually, I'll ask this question now. If you were manager Brandon Hyde, what would be your postseason rotation, starting rotation? So I'd go Kyle Bradish game one just okay. because he's been yeah. so consistent. Yeah. You basically know what you're going to get out of him. It's going to yeah. be six really good innings every time yeah. he goes out there. Mm -hmm. Then I go Grayson Rodriguez game two. Okay. There's a chance that he could struggle in his first postseason start. Oh, I think That's he should be one or two. I agree with you. I think he yeah. should be one or two. <laughs> but with how good the stuff is, I would throw him game two. Yeah. And then after that is where I start to question. You're generally going to need four starters in the postseason. You okay. kind of tick one guy off. Yeah. And so you're down to – I would think at this point, Kramer, Gibson, and Means, two yeah. of the three are mm -hmm. going to get a start. I'd give one to Kramer just because he's been so good in the second yeah. half of the season. But I think it would depend on the situation. Like if the Orioles mm. were down 0-2, maybe I'd give the ball to Gibson just because he Ooh. has the experience. Okay. But if maybe it's, hey, we're going to win a series, like maybe we're up 2-0. Maybe I give it to Kramer because I know, okay, Dean's going to give me five good innings, and then yeah. as soon as I can, I'm going to go to the bullpen and we're going to lock this thing down and try to win a series. So it would be interesting. I think the easy one is whatever order you go, Bradish and Rodriguez are your one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think still right now I'd go Kramer and Gibson three and four. Okay. But if John means he's got probably two starts left, yeah. if he okay. shows yeah. he's healthy in those last two starts – I mean, who does Brandon Hyde trust more than John Means? I mean, probably nobody. Nobody, probably. So he could certainly be in that mix. It's crazy. I was thinking, like, I mean, for me, it was like, I'm, I'm a big Grayson dude. I just, I just see, I see like a Mike Mucina type of dude in Grayson. I just see somebody who. That'd be nice. I, I just see somebody who it started, it started to click. You know, I think that going down to the minors was something that was special for him, um, just to kind of get called back up and learn. Going back to the minors, you know, like fixing his craft, coming back up. I see like, it's almost like how like Roy Holiday was like he struggled in the majors a little bit with Toronto and went back. They, Toronto sent him down to the minors, came back up, and then all of a sudden Roy Holiday was like this this amazing ace. Like he was now one of the best pitchers of all time. Rest in peace. Um, but like that's how I look at like Rodriguez. I'm like, okay, you know, everybody everybody was talking about you, but you know the the majors is different. You went back, you you, you experienced it. You went down. You know what to expect. Know what you need to improve on. Came back and you've been. Damn near lights out. Like you, every pitch is gonna have some rough outings. It's gonna happen, but you pretty much have been consistent in terms of holding it down. And you, and you've grown to from doing only from only pitching like five innings to a point now where you can do the six and sometimes go go seven. And then we saw you when he went eight. Um, and in high pressure situations, you can lean on him. So yeah, I was like at first I was like, man, 
I'm giving Rodriguez the ball in game one, but Braddish has been the best pitcher in terms of the totality of the season. So I get it. One would be Braddish, two would be uh Rodriguez. I like Gibson scares me. That's the reason why I won't put him three. Because in in August, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, August, yeah, August and September. He hasn't been like his ERA has been so high. Yeah. You know, it's and it's a risk because I think for Gibson, out of all the guys, he has potentially the lowest floor. Yeah. Where if something gave out in like the third inning of a postseason game, yeah, it could get ugly. Now yeah, the ceiling does. can be high. Like we yeah, see him throw yeah. seven innings, one run ball, yeah. but he can, I think, quicker than a guy like Means or a guy like Kramer would unravel. We've yes. seen Gibson unravel quicker. Exactly. And the one thing you can't have happen early in a postseason game is a starter unravel. Exactly. It, that's like basically a death sentence for yeah. a postseason game. And I think Kramer's stuff just. You know, because he has good stuff where he can kind of navigate certain things for certain hitters, right? Because his stuff is, you know, he can throw – you can see him at 96, 97 sometimes, you know. And something about when you're playing – depending on what team you're playing, to a point where you were mentioning, a team you're playing, where, like an Astros like an Astros lineup. That's going to yeah. be a, a tough line to navigate through. Or even the Rays, to be honest with you. That's going to be a tough line to navigate through when you're, when you're, when you're so – when you're – that like when your game has to be hitting corners, you know, tricking people, you know what I mean? Like it's hard. It's harder. Like and Kramer to a point where when he's going good, he can be he can be pretty good. Like he can he can get he can be really good. And he saved the Orioles a couple of times. So it's always been tough. But I'm with you. I think John Means pitches like he did, you know, in this series, you know, and get game one he pitched he pitched in game one. Game one. And you know, you get John Means to continue to get better. I would have no issue with him being the third starter. Yeah. I would have no issue whatsoever. But it's a good problem to have, right, to, to yeah. talk about it. All right, so obviously there's the big elephant in the room. The best pitcher on the team is is still trying to get healthy. All right, the best pitcher is trying to get healthy. All-star closer Felix Bautista is dealing with a, with a tear in his UCL. Uh, do you think he pitches in the postseason? I'm hearing a lot of good things, but I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I – if you asked me this question like the day after the injury, I would have said 100% no. Yeah. I think I'm still leaning no, yeah. but he's throwing some bullpens. He's I throwing – I mean, you know, it's light stuff. He's playing catch. It's not like he's out there firing 102, you know, yeah. and saying I'm ready. Uh-huh. But it, it was weird. Like I, you know, no medical background whatsoever, but it did – something went off in my brain when the Orioles said like, the doctors have told us that he's at no risk of further injury if he continues to throw. And in my mind, I'm like, he got hurt throwing. throwing it's, so. it's only a partial tear. Couldn't it become a bigger tear exactly. if he keeps throwing? That's what I'm worried about because and, – and I get the argument that's like whether he gets Tommy John surgery today or he gets it in November when the playoffs are over – Either way, he's missing all of 2024 and he's back for 2025. So I get it. You know, the timeline right now allows you to play with it a little bit. But if he's experiencing pain, like I don't want Felix Bautista at 97. I want Felix Bautista at 102. I don't know what Felix Bautista at 96, 97 is. Yeah. Yeah. And, And so would it be better than, you know, the sixth man in the bullpen? Yes, it would. Mm-hmm. But would he still be the best closer in baseball? I don't mm-hmm. think so. Mm-hmm. And I would like to look out for his long-term health because you, you know it's not like he's a free agent next year, right? He's got five more seasons with the Orioles. Mm-hmm. So even if he goes through Tommy John and comes back, you can still have a lot of Felix Bautista. Yeah. And I, I just worry about that a little bit. I mean, if the doctors are right and he can't further injure it, then as long as he is not having pain, he could pitch. I just – I worry about – I mean – 
you worry about every pitcher's elbow because yeah. you feel like it's going to blow up at some point. Um, and so not a lot of pitchers have have pitched through these tears and pitched. That's well. what I'm saying. Yeah. So it's <laughs> I I show it. Show got the same thing too, right? Show has yeah, the same thing too, right? He's deciding to 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 get the surgery. Um, yeah. And you know, and he's Shohei Otani. You know, if yeah. about, he says Shohei Otani, but. Yeah, I, I'm glad I'm not in a decision making spot with the Orioles there because you know Felix is probably saying if I'm not in pain, I want to be out there. Yeah, like knowing know. Felix, the fact that he's throwing tells me that he's not ready to just shut it down for the season. Because if he said I want to shut it down, he'd be, shut it down. Yeah, I agree. I think it's wild because I'm always in every sport. I'm, I'm pro player, so like. I don't want him to ruin his future. I know people say it like he can't further injure it. But I'm always, I'm like, you got a partial tear. It can get it's worse. weird to think about that. Like, yeah, how like, could he not? Yeah, how could you not? Yeah, like, it's, it can get worse. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, my thought process is like, uh, you can sit. I mean, dude, like you're so dominant by this. This team has years to be great. Like, yeah. like to your point, to your earlier point, like they have so much talent that. They're going, they're like the Astros, right? They're going to be here for a long period of time because they have so much talent in the system. So, yeah, I know we're all fixated on this moment, right? Because you're first in the AL. Um, like this isn't this is a magical season. So everyone's in the moment, and I get it, everyone's in the moment, but it's 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 to a point now where like, yeah, you can't further you hear the reports, you see them throwing. You know, he was in the bullpen. I think he was throwing like splitters or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, because oh. I'm I'm so like I want Felix out there. So don't yeah. I want I want Felix out there. Like I want him out there. I know I don't like the bullpen how it is right now. I hate it. Like I like when they when folks come in in certain roles, I'm like, oh god, not no. This is this is why Felix is missed. Yeah. Like if, tonight today lets you know why Felix is missed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I kind of feel the same way where it's like the total fan part of me is like. Yes. Let's have Felix run out of the bullpen, you know, game yeah. one of the playoffs. Yeah. You know, you hear the Omar whistle, he comes onto the field, like, let's do it. <laughs> and then the, like, I really want to be pro player at all times side of yeah. me is like, is he going to damage his future? And yeah. he hasn't made, I mean, he's made money, yeah. but for how good he is, he not has not money. made anything close yes. to the amount of money he could make down the uh -huh. line. Is this going to hurt it? And so it's these two things because I've never seen an Orioles team that's won 100 games. So that side of me is like, get him back out there. Let's go. <laughs> and the other side's like, I want to see Felix also in 2026. Yes. And I want to see him get a nice extension. And I want to see the guy who grinded 10 years in the minor leagues yeah. get that payday. And exactly. Who I, I, I'm happy I'm not on the decision making team. Right I know. It's it's a tough decision. It really it really is. So do I, I so in turn so Cano's the closer obviously in the postseason, but in the regular yeah. season, I've had I've had this thought, right? Because everyone's talking about how uh, Jorge uh, Lopez has struggled. But I do think they've used Jorge a little incorrectly at times. What I mean by that is, like, they give – Jorge's first first inning is typically good. Like, I would like – and I'm, I'm just – I'm not a better manager than Brandon Hyde. Brandon Hyde is manager of the year. He is the manager. I'm just nitpicking. This is just me. But I would like – when you use Jorge, I would like them to use – just to use Jorge for one inning. Just one inning period. Because I yeah. feel like he's a confidence picture. And then when he was – where he was most confident with the Orioles because he lost it when he got traded, but you know, being the closer, you may not want to put him in be want him to be the closer because you need Cano to be you know get adequate to get acclimated of being the closer for the postseason. You got just in case, but I would like them for this run since he's not since Lopez is not going to be in the he can't make the postseason roster. 
just use him for an inning and then you know work off of that alone. Do you think that do you think he does him doing more than two more more than one inning is good for him or a good move or a bad move? What is your opinion? Yeah, I, I do think, and I think we've seen it from some of the recent outings that he's yeah. just he, he loses it a little bit when he comes back out for a yeah, second okay, inning. So it, yeah. I think the Orioles are kind of in a weird spot with Jorge Lopez because of what you just said, because he's not eligible for the postseason roster. I think yeah. Brandon Hyde's a little more willing to push him a little bit more because mm. he knows October 1st, Jorge's season's over. Right. Yeah. No matter how far we go in the playoffs, he's done throwing October 1st. Mm-hmm. So Brandon Hyde, you know, versus maybe he doesn't want to push, you know, Danny Coulomb for two innings per game because gotcha. he knows he's going to be my lefty I go to in the bullpen. Whereas Lopez, mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to push him crazy hard, but it's like, can I get four outs out of him today? Because I know, you know, I don't have to think about do I need to save him for the postseason and keep him mm-hmm. fresh? And I think there's a little bit of that going on. And it stinks because. He's struggling a little bit right now. So yeah. you kind of want him out there less. But Brandon Hyde's thinking, my bullpen's tired. If yeah. Jorge can give me five outs and I don't need to use him next week because the mm. season will be over, this will be great. And I kind of think that's where he's coming from. And it's a delicate balance right now because you still want him to be good. I mean, yes. you're throwing him out there in the sixth, seventh inning. You want him to be good. Yeah. But he's he's really thinking ahead, especially now that they've clinched the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's starting to, to, to have those thoughts like, Who's going to be in there for me? Who's not? It's he's got a tough job, and but I do agree with you that Jorge seems like once he sits down and comes back out, yeah. he loses a little tick of something because yeah. he is so sharp in that initial inning. Like he is so sharp. I'm almost to a point where because I, I like all right, so I'm a panic fan. Like I am. Like I do. I'm a basketball coach. I'm the same way mentally. I'd be like, I'm like, I'm not panicking. I'm like, are they going to run? Put my star back in. Put my star back in. I'm like that type of person. Um, so I'm, I'm always, I'm always like, for me, it's when I'm looking at this situation, I'm like, oh, Brandon, just take him out now. Like, just take him out. Like, or just play him. Like, I have no issue with playing because of the, the Rays or where the Rays are at. I'm always, I'm worried about the Rays. I don't know why I'm worried about the Rays as much. Even with the split, I'm like, oh. like today, like, we lost. Oh, what, what, what the Rays win? Like, they may go on the street because the Rays are like a crazy team. Like, yeah. so I'm like, we got to win all the games we can win. So yeah. like, I'm like. And it, like, even with Fuji, I'm like, I don't even want to put Fuji. Let's put put Lopez in them. Them do an inning. Let's just let them do one inning, and then they, then take them out. And then if you want to try with Fuji again, go ahead. But like just just put Lopez in one inning, and so we can just get out of the situation. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's what Brandon is doing. That does that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense actually. All right, well this is this has been great chatting. I got to get you back on for the postseason um, because like my team's my, my O's are going to the postseason, so I'm excited. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it, it really is. So before we before we uh, before I let you go, how can our listeners catch Locked On uh, Orioles podcast, and how can they catch you on social media? Yeah, so you can listen to the podcast uh, Locked On Orioles wherever you get your podcast. Again, every day Monday through Friday, a little thirty minute episode just to keep you updated on the game the night before and uh, just any news from Birdland as we get closer to the playoffs. And we're on YouTube as well, so you can like, comment, and subscribe there. Otherwise, uh, I'm on Twitter at Connor Newcomb underscore, just my name with an underscore at the end. Uh, And then at Locked on Orioles on Twitter is where I do most of of my Orioles posting throughout games and and tweeting out the episodes and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of the only of its kind where, you know, you get a daily podcast just covering the Orioles. And it's a good time to jump in. Uh, This team is going to the postseason um, it's going to be a lot of coverage when we get to October on the podcast as well. You got a new subscriber now, so I'm letting you know that. Love to hear it. I got a new one. Um, I, just, I just can't wait. I can't wait. It's a, I'm trying to get tickets to the, to, for the playoff game, actually. <laughs> so I'm, I want to be in the building. Well, Connor, thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Hopefully we'll have you back on again. Yeah, thank you so much. I'd love to do it. 
All right. Thanks, Connor. Have Bye. a good one. That is, again, that's that's Connor. Connor Newcomb from Locked on Orioles podcast. Man, check him out. Hopefully the O's. Come on, don't give me a headache. I just want, I just want to win. I want to win the AL East so I can, like, just chill. I don't want to be in the wild card game. I think the wild card game is a headache. I know Nats fans. I'm sorry you're not in the postseason, but you know what I'm talking about. Shout out to you, George. You're my guy, but still, Nats aren't in the postseason. You know what I mean? Hopefully, you know, next season. I do like what the Nats are doing, so next season – They'll be like the O's. They maybe win 83 games in the year after that. Then they'll be in the postseason. And that would be cool. That would be cool. That would be cool. All right. Again, follow Connor on X. It's X now, right? Yeah. DM, shout out DMX. X at Connor Newcomb underscore. And follow Locked on Orioles podcast at Locked on Orioles. Again, at Locked on Orioles. Hey, this has been a great show. Appreciate my man George for tuning in, man. You know, with the comments. Appreciate you, George, man. Like I'm gonna read one of George's comments about my uh about the Mystics. He did say something about the Mystics and give him some love. He said that Mystics playoff game gave me flashbacks of the Wizards, Heartbreakers. Oh, yeah, LeBron, terrible officiating and almost all benefited liberty and not rebounding a few a free throw miss. Yeah, Della Don not getting that rebound to me, like kind of cost them. I wanted to mention that they can't uh to Carita, but time was kind of dwindling down. I thought like that was it. That was a that one. I don't want to say caused the loss, but it was up there. Uh, my man said about. He also said something about, about Deron Payne. Let me read this thing real quick. He said, "How long before the league talks about Deron Payne and or Jonathan Allen in the same breath as T.J. Watt and Micah Parson?" Hey, I'm gonna say this, Deron. On that drive, that that one series, bro. I don't think like I'm gonna say it again. Like I told Candy, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. That was special. That I don't know if Aaron Donald has ever done it. I don't know if Warren Sapp has ever done it. I don't know if Dominic and Sue has ever done it. These are some of the best D tackles I've seen in my lifetime. I, I I just think that that was something special. It really was. Hey, but folks, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, not iTunes, excuse me, Apple Podcasts, tune in, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. Also follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. If you're watching this video, hit the red subscribe button and like this video. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene at Amp Empire Media at AmpPyramedia.com. And this show could be found on the Podcast DC app. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as as well as other great content. Anyway, folks, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate the love. This has been a great show. Hopefully next week we'll get Ray Real T on the show, you know what I'm saying, so we can rock and roll. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Side for Iges. Yeti Deuces, a mega. Lead us out, big homie.